Welcome to Hello Uglies, the Dragula Titans recap show for Season 1, Episode 4, titled Dungeons and Drag Queens 2 Into the Underdark. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one pissed-off gnome from Bloody Podcast. Please say hello, uglies, to Lorian K. Roggenkamp. Hello, Lorian. Hello, how are you? I'm doing fine. Late night for us here on a yeah uh, Wednesday. Yep, we got to keep the energy up. Let's gotta go. Keep the energy up. Yep. Shut gotta up. Keep the. Uh, <laughs> what's funny is I was about to say, I know we get weighed in that, and then you legitimately still scared me. <laughs> I don't. I really don't understand it. All right. Um. By the way, Lori and I just had. Uh, a, a, a really, Lori was Teacher Lori today, and uh, she really schooled the children, if you will. It was a ghoul school where <laughs> yeah, she talked about, um, yeah, she talked about uh, critical race theory, and uh, <laughs> I did not OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, I have an OnlyFans where I'm naked discussing critical race theory. So yeah, it was that's really, it. It was really weird. Uh. <laughs> I strangely think what's funny is if Lori and I were chatting before the show. Oh, by the way, what I was going to say is if you want to hear this information, this show called Just Between Us Ghouls. Uh, oh, Lori also talked about a fight her family's having about Thanksgiving, Christmas and whatnot. This whole thing. You can do that in, in several ways. One, you can go to patreon.com slash afterthought media and join at the executive level and above to get that content. Or you can join on Apple Podcasts and the on the subscription thing there. I think it's about six bucks or something, and you can get that content. Um, that's the only way you can get that content, anyway. Uh, yeah. So tell your friends, do it. Um, Lori, let's just jump right into it because I was going to say before we jump yeah. into it is I go. I think that this isn't a very long episode. I don't have a lot to say, but the producer, our producer Zach, wrote like a four page script. And I'm like, what? Is, what is? What are we talking about for four pages? Well, you know? did he go through like what what happened in the in the acting challenges and a stuff? Maybe bit. that's why. I mean, we'll find. Okay. Maybe we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of want to jump into it. I'm a little scared. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a scared about. I don't want to get into it. Like oh, it's gonna be a short episode, and then all of a sudden we've done a two hour and forty five minute episode. I don't want to do that. Uh, all right, this week the Boulet brothers pit the monsters against each other in a tug of gore before tasking them to create unique Dungeons & Dragons-inspired looks and act as teams in Dungeons & Drag Queens 2 into the Underdark. Coco Kane is named the winner of the challenge, while Victoria Elizabeth Black and Erica Kale and Erica Clash were placed in the bottom two. In the end, Erica Clash fell to her demise, leaving seven monsters in the competition. Lori Roggenkamp, do me a favor. Name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Erica is what she said on the way down when she fell through the trapdoor. I'm going to tell you something now. I'm intentionally going to edit that out and you're going to sound silly because people aren't going to know what you're talking about. Keep it in. Keep it in. No, oh, no. I'm not. <laughs> All right. So um, two things I liked. I liked, I don't know if, if we've discussed this, but I'm loving the looks that the boulet brothers are giving 
I think mm-hmm. that they are phenomenal. The, to, yeah. Today, for some reason, they really pop. The nails, I don't know if in the when they were judging, when they went to the end, their nails were awesome. Like, I was mm-hmm. just looking at their nails the whole time. Um, yeah. So that's one thing. I actually genuinely like this challenge. I was excited for this challenge. Yeah, I like the challenge. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's some, like, nitpicky stuff here and there that mm-hmm. we'll get into. Um, the one thing I didn't like is, and yeah. I've been feeling it a lot since last episode and then a lot more this episode is I feel like I'm a little frustrated and I feel like we always get to this point where I wish that they would show us more. Like I feel like they're not showing us stuff from the, when they're in the, you know, after the eliminations or not when they put everyone in the bottom and they send them back to the room. I don't feel like they're showing us the whole video there. And then we didn't get to see really any of the rehearsal except for Mm -hmm. flashbacks Mm -hmm. and so i just wish there was more like that stuff like the stuff where we see them you know in the workroom and they have the buzzer and they're like oh i don't have enough time like if we could cancel that and put in like stuff that's that's actually entertaining Mm -hmm. like that would be fun but um, you know let's talk about that buzzer i i was gonna mention it this week i'm like yeah we've mentioned it too many times but do you think in the editing bay that they're like, oh, people love that? Are there people who actually really love that bit? Like, why? I'm sure there are. Why do they do that every fucking week? And, and I'm sure there are bits that probably people that we hate, you know, uh, that I mean, we love that people are like, ugh. I'm sure that, that there are some people who are just like, every fucking time she says, shut up, I can't yeah. do it. I can't do yeah. it. Uh, okay, with me, um, two things I liked about the episode. I love that Erica was is gone. She was kind of a downer this season. I was just like not she here was, for it. She yeah. wasn't bringing anything. She was just a negative Nancy, and uh, she was clearly not going to win. So let's let's trim the fat. Erica yeah. Clash gone. Um, the other thing I liked is, I mean, I guess it's something different than usual, just ghouls and monsters and witches. I don't know if I'm in love with as in love with this challenge as you are. Mostly not because of the concept, but because I feel that they rely. It gets a little lazy, and we can talk about it in the episode of what they rely on uh, in this, and they think they can get away with it because it's a Dungeons and Dragons theme. But um, I get. I mean, it is something interesting and different. The thing I didn't like, you know, here's the thing. I don't know if I necessarily like seeing the drag queens in the daytime and outside of the studio. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, oh, I've never liked I never that. liked yeah, I never liked it on drag race. And they used to do it on drag race in the early seasons. There would be uh one episode where they take the drag queens out into the world and somehow interact with the public. And I never liked those episodes and I did I just didn't I know they weren't interacting with the public here. I just don't like I just didn't like it. Just I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. There might be people there might be people who like it. I don't know. All right. Why, why do you think it rubs you the wrong way? No, I don't know if it's not, I don't, it's not that it rubs me the wrong way like I'm mad. I'm just like, nah, not for me. You know? Um, and I've heard drag queens talk about this, even though this wasn't specifically drag. This is closer to cosplay. But there is a sort of element of like drag is supposed to be a nighttime thing. It's not day drag is not a good thing. It never looks good. It's sort of you want to hide yeah. things and 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 use darkness and shadows to highlight what you want but anyway it definitely gives off a kind of walk a shame kind of vibe when you see drag queens at night in the daytime well this really highlights how silly they look 
you know, where I think in the night they don't, in the dark they don't look necessarily yeah. silly. Uh, all right. After Kendra's elimination, the monsters universally hope Kendra will return to the competition, finding Abora entitled, arrogant, and toxic. Unfortunately for them, Abora promptly walks back into the boudoir and she's greeted with awkward silence. Abora asks for their forgiveness and hopes they can move forward into a new week. Let's stop right there, Lori and Rogan Campbell. Why don't you go ahead and tell me all your thoughts on this segment right here after the elimination before they go to the main stage? Yeah, I, I kind of liked how everyone sort of had turned and was just like, yeah, she's annoying and Abora is annoying. And, you know, she um, it was uncalled for her for her to call everyone cunts mm-hmm. and, you know, get so pissy when people are, do, are you know, just giving her their opinion. Mm-hmm. I will say that my critique about not seeing a lot, I don't. I don't remember them showing that clip last episode of Abora saying that she had quit because she had thought she mastered drag. No, they didn't Did show they, it last week. They no. didn't. Okay. I feel like that really played more into Astrid. Remember Astrid last episode sort of like yeah. at, out of nowhere just became very angry with Abora. Yeah. It was just like your ego's just in the way and it's just, oh, you know. Oh, you're right. You're right. I that think, explains uh, yeah. Astrid's reaction. You're right. I think that explained it, and I kind of feel like they did Asha Dirty not putting that in there because it really just felt like it came out of nowhere when I feel like this was like a culmination of things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Victoria uh, Elizabeth Black had said like, oh, well, we might let Abora back if she does this, this, and this. And it was like, might let her back. Like, you have no mm-hmm. choice over this. <laughs> like, yeah. you... you you have to she's gonna come back like it doesn't matter mm-hmm. yeah um and then i also kind of like how astrid sort of laid out a little bit of what abora was gonna do and then abora basically did exactly what astrid said she was gonna do so i kind of thought that was funny um but yeah so yeah so here's the thing when i was watching this session it really did seem like somehow and i don't know if this is just intuition and gut reaction that they had but it seemed like the cast knew abora was coming back the way they were talking was we know kendra's gone and we know abora's coming back i don't know if it's because they saw the writing on the wall or if maybe somehow they through some mistake or they just knew she was coming back and the acting was particular the acting was like that were particularly bad because they were kind of give kendra lip service like yeah she should have been here but then they really went off about Abora, and I'm like, oh, they know Abora's back. Yeah. They know she's back, because the way they were yeah. talking shit was a way, if you if you thought Abora had a chance of going home, I don't think you would spend as much energy on that as they talking did. Talking about her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, Abora's entrance, this leads, gets connected to what I was talking about, it seemed very Disney Channel. Like, like, like the because the way that they the act, there was some sort of really bad acting going on where everybody's just giving her the silent treatment and she walks in and she's like hi everybody aren't you just happy to see me it's like it's really bad acting and I was like there there is something up sometimes they've in the past they've seen like they've genuinely been surprised who's coming back this one seemed different this one seemed like there was acting and they knew. Yeah, Eva's not that great of an act actor, no, and I feel she like thinks she, she is. No, oh yeah, 
Well, I feel like she even kind of was happy to see her, but then remembered that she was supposed to be upset. So she was like, oh, like she <laughs> thing where yeah. she was just like, I'm ha- no, I'm not. Um, yeah, I, I will say though, look, I, mm-hmm. I get that Abora is annoying. I mm-hmm. really do. Trust me. I do not like Abora. Mm-hmm. I get that Abora is annoying. I would be just as upset if Abora was, came back. But mm-hmm. I felt like once she got into the room and they were talking, like it was like at some point, even I, I think Ashley was like, oh, trust has been broken and it takes time to rebuild trust. I was like, she called you guys cunts. Like, calm it down. Yeah. You know, this wasn't an incident where she like set the break room on fire. You know, like it's let's <laughs> let's move on from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I completely agree. But it's so funny that you're saying that because I'm going to say this. I'm not saying that Abora was like a totally wonderful person but in the conversation it was very like uh oh kendra was such a positive energy and force in the room like no she wasn't like a like a boar has been annoying but i feel like kendra was a shit starter and like came for other queen did you notice how no one really started fights in this episode kendra was gone and sort of like the shit starting was done yeah even coco was just like you know she still had her attitude but she was like she wasn't like calling people out or anything now here's another and i have a question for you is there something i missed because this is going probably with stuff that they edited out um is if there's something that happened that we didn't see because something that everybody talks about even melissa and her private one-on-one with asterisk i mean with abora and in the room and sort of like weirdly like they're being really uh i don't know what the right word is right but they're not they're dancing around the subject but something about that they said um astrid specifically said that trust had been broken what trust and that you have to regain our trust and you've that's lost our I, trust that's There's what i was some, saying yeah yeah, I know. That's what I was saying. Is that is that all she from from the last episode? And they even show what happened in the in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. All she did was she got she goes. I'm so fucking sick of this. She called them cunts, mm-hmm. and then she goes. You better hope that I go through that trap door. Yeah. And and that was it. and then she left. And look, I'm. It might. Do I think that that was a a bitch move? Yeah, I think that was a bitch move. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was like they act. I mean, honestly, they legitimately acted like she tried to set fire to. to the, brick room while they yeah, were inside but, but my you question know? is is like what do you think we didn't see um i mean i i i don't know i mean maybe maybe she you know went off a little bit more or she was mm-hmm. more you know because they the, uh melissa said kind of made it seem like it was more directed towards her which i didn't feel like so maybe she, she said something to- yeah. directed towards melissa well that was weird too so what you're talking about is melissa felt that when abora said you better hope i don't i go through that trap door or something like that which here's another weird thing i specifically remember when we watched it that abora we might have to do an experiment here i specifically remember that when abora said that she went, you better hope I don't come. I go, I fall through that trap door. But then when we watched it again, it was a lot more reserved. It was more like, you better hope I don't come back to that. I, you better hope I fall through that trap door. It seemed very different on the, the, the grayscale replay. And I don't know why. Oh, really? Yeah. I felt like it was the same. But I mean, I, I, who knows? I could be I wrong. Could be wrong. 
Um, but um, but Melissa yeah. for, Melissa took that personally because of some sort of childhood trauma. I don't know. Um, well, that was ridiculous. Yeah, what did you think of that shady edit though of Astrid saying like I'm here for everybody or whatever, and then they show her writing Coco's name on the <laughs> Oh, she said to Coco, Coco, I'm here for you. I support you. 100%. Yeah, she said if you don't if you don't think I would I wouldn't do the same thing for you, Coco, you're dead fucking wrong. And well, then they look, show it, here's the thing. Once again, and I'm not gonna harp too much on this. Coco's argument is that she doesn't like that now Abor's apologizing and Hoso and Astrid are reading um abhor for filth but why do they why they stand up for her in the past once again i have to bring up the hypocrisy of the alliance specifically has always defended each other they have never come for the other person maybe melissa a little bit but definitely coco and kendra had each other's backs and would support them either way and so the way that they're shaping this narrative, that this is a thing, and I'll be honest with you, Lori, and I'm a POC, so I can say this, I feel there's a racial undertone that's not being spoken here, where I feel that the black girls were insinuating that the white people take care of each other, and that the white queens like Astrid are bending over backwards to assure her that's not the case. I don't know what the dynamics were in the room, but that's sort of the, as a person of color, the undercurrent I was picking up. You well, know. I mean, it, it, I I didn't I don't know. I didn't I didn't see that, but I mean, I'm sure that you're you're probably right. But I do think it's funny that if that's the case, then Ashford's saying that's not the case and then that is the case that she's <laughs> picking Coco. So Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that any side is wrong, but I'm just saying there there seems to be a racial undercurrent that is uh sort of muted. And tacit, if you will. All right, Laurie, let's move on to the main stage. The Boulet Brothers announced this week's challenge. It's a Dungeons and Drag Queens 2 into the Underdark. Remember, they did this in season three, where the queens have to dress up as like Dungeons and Dragon characters. Additionally, the contestants will be split into two teams and tasked with performing a scripted live action role play. The teams and character racing classes. I'm not going to break down the teams. Uh, there's team one, Melissa, Victoria, Astrid, and Erica. And then team two is Abora, Coco, Hoso, and Eva. For the fright feat, the monsters will compete in an old-fashioned tug of gore. They'll be placed on either side of a pit of gore, which is sort of gross water, uh, in their main challenge teams. And using a rope, will try to pull the opposite team into the muck. The winning team will earn the chance to choose which script they receive, and the two scripts are not created equally. In the tug of gore, both teams try their best, but Melissa, Victoria... Astrid and Erica proved to be the stronger foursome and win the fright feat. Lori, for some reason, was listening to something during all that. I don't know what she was doing there. But Lori, what are your thoughts on everything that happened from the main stage where you announced it through the fright feat? I was listening to the voice memos I left myself, so I know what my notes are. Yeah, but I'm, That's what I was but, yeah, but then here's what happens: is then I say, okay, what do you think about the fright feat? And you're like, are we talking about the floor show? And I'm like, no, we're not talking about the floor show. So then I I'm got, like, I got the gist. Okay. Um, all right. So are we talking about the floor show? Yes. Um. So, so my only question with that fright feat is yeah. how I'm still confused as how somebody would get eliminated. Do they just have to just basically flat out refuse yeah, to do I it? Yeah, I guess they, they would have. Look, Lori. Yeah, okay, let's see here. This is the third episode. In the spinny one, if anyone threw up, they were eliminated. Yeah, that was fine. 
Okay, in if they didn't drink whatever, wasn't that drinking something in the first one? The spicy, well, the spicy one. They had they. I guess if they didn't eat, they would have been eliminated. Yeah. What and was the, the first one? one? Was <sighs> oh, what was the second one? The first one was the bobbing for apples. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So how would you not? Would you just say I'm not going to bob for apples? Yeah, I guess I'm not going to bob for apples. All right. Well, because there was a hot second when I was watching it where I thought, oh, Abora's going home because she got in the liquid first yeah but then it didn't seem like they were doing anything so i was like oh i guess that that doesn't that's not what constitutes an elimination yeah and then i was like okay well so how do you get eliminated because <laughs> they you know, had said so- like if you fail then you yeah. get eliminated but it's like how do you fail the only person i can think of who actually did not go through with uh an extermination challenge was it season three or season two where the person refused to jump out of the airplane First episode, episode one. Oh, I think gosh, it was I forgot. Season two or three. And they refuse yeah. to jump out of the airplane. And, and it's one of those weird instances where I kind I like, I've, I'm deathly, I would never do that. And I no. think, I'll be honest with you, I think it's kind of unfair to uh, do that to that person, right? To like ban them because of it. Here's yeah. another thing, too, is let's say, for instance, you know, let's go to season one. We had Meatball and you had, uh, who was the other one? It was Meatball and then... Frankie Doom. Frankie Doom are bigger people. And I happen to know for um, jumping out of an airplane, there is a, a weight limit that they would not have met. And so yeah. would they be then disqualified because they didn't meet the weight limit? Like, I sort of felt that there was sort of like... Like I could a little see, bias. Uh, yeah, I could see eliminating that person, but I would say like we're going to bring you back for another season because that was really kind of not fair, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, but now you have to, now you have to dive down to the deep depths without holding your breath the whole time. Yeah, like something um, crazy. Yeah. So, so in this case, it's like, what if it's something that's legitimately like too dangerous? Uh. I wonder if they are going to get to that point. I wonder mm-hmm. if they're going to get to like a jumping off an airplane kind of thing. Yeah. And then you have a, a drag queen who's just like, no, I can't. I can't do it. Because I don't think I would either. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I mean, I don't be like, yeah. it, even even if I call. I mean, odds are we're not going to qualify weight wise. But let's yeah. say let's say we somehow qualify. But I what, would still what be what like, would be, no. What would be your put like, I'll, like not, not jumping out of an airplane. But I am deathly afraid of snakes, like really afraid of snakes. If they were like, you have to get in this pit of snakes. I'd be out. I'd be done. Nope. Sorry. Not happening. Um, I mean, I feel like anything eating. I Look, I, I could easily say. Wait a minute. I could, hold on let for me, a second. Let me, finish, let me finish that sentence. Let me finish that sentence. Okay. A- eating anything gross. I could easily say like, oh, spiders. I don't want to be in spiders. But mm-hmm. I could see myself actually committing to maybe ha- dealing with spiders. As long as mm-hmm. I was able to wear earplugs and nose plugs. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I have a thing about spiders getting into my ears and nose and mm-hmm. laying eggs, um, but I would I would flat out refuse. And it 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 could I mean honestly it could be something that is not necessarily gross to other people. Like you mm-hmm. could say you're gonna you have to eat this cooked salmon. I'd be like, no, I'm out. I'm not doing oh, it. Oh really? Yeah, I hate fish. I can't can't stand fish. I would never want to. And you're a eat lesbian. Fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a. Walking huh. conundrum. Uh-huh. I'm a rainbow. Huh. Yeah. 
Interesting. So, yeah. Hmm. I, I That would be an immediate no for me. So, let's start. Let's go to the top. So, everyone should know, and I don't think this is hard for anyone to figure out, especially in this case. The Boulay brothers pre-record all of these in one city. Okay? And so, I love... You know, and also we know the queens get their assignments before. So we know, I love the bad acting where they're like, what? I, I'm a, I'm a human bard? No, what? It's like the worst acting, A. Yes. Yeah. Then I like we- how they have to cut between the boulets and each queen reacting. Yeah. They have to do that because they were clearly naming the assignments for queens who are no longer there. I'm sure there was like a Yavska deli owner, you know? Uh, Kendra Onyx, you know, Street Hua, you know, Wait, like, you I'm think sure that, that they, oh, you think that they ran the record, the recording all the way through. Oh, yes. I see what you're saying. And then they did it in post. They took out the ones that weren't in the competition anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And so they had, that's why they had to cut back and forth every single time. Um, yeah, you could tell who was going to be not great at acting in that, in that moment when you saw like. When they went to Astrid and they were like, you're a bard. And she's like, well, well fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 Um, <laughs> I have this note here. I don't know what it means. General note. Why are they always surprised and excited? Oh, whenever the video, like they don't do this on Drag Race. So like on Drag Race, when they go, whoop, girl. Uh, no, they don't say you, she, man. my God. She already done had hers is right. They go to, they, they get excited and they go, ah, and then they run because they're surprised by the siren. And then they run to the TV, and then she comes on, and they watch it. On this one, when the boulets... <laughs> Are they really surprised by the no, siren? No, 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 no. Because they're having to... In theory, they're having a conversation, right? And then the siren goes, boop, while they're talking. They're like, ah, you know? Like, no, like the shut up, right? Okay. But when they run to the TV, and Rue comes on the screen, they don't go like, what? Rue pulls on the screen? You know? Like, but on this show... Every time the boulets appear on the screen, they're like, whoa, and they like burst into applause. I'm like, they've been wearing the same outfit every single week. And you know, they brought you to there. They're going to come on the screen. I agree with that complaint, but I also disagree that they don't do that on Drag Race. They definitely do that on Drag Race. No, 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 cheer. They cheer when RuPaul comes on the screen. Uh, No, they do not. Yes, they do. They don't. They just sit there and they laugh at some stupid ass joke. I will say they do fake laugh for her dumb jokes, but I don't think I, they're laughing. I have seen them cheer when RuPaul comes on the screen. I'm not saying it's never happened, but they don't do it every week. Oh, okay. like, like episode one, they sometimes will do it because they're excited to be there, you know. But by episode two or three, they're not cheering anymore. Um, okay, let's talk about the fright feet. I love. That they do this slow-mo walk up with the queens carrying the rope and they're like crop tops and ke- as if these are like the buffest ripped dudes ever. And like, it's literally uh, eight Timothy Chalamets. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought was so funny is that they all took off their shirts and I was like, these are all dainty body. And like, don't get me wrong. They're very fit. Like they're fit men. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're, you know what? They're attractive. They're very fit, yeah, attractive sure. men, mm-hmm. but they're very dainty bodies. Like I was like, yeah. Oh, these men. <laughs> like, I'm like, Yeah. But the way they're doing the shirts, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. 
And he's like, um, they're very, very twinky, lithe bodies. This is the yeah. weirdest thing that, like, uh, y- yes. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's the way the director was treating it. And, and I'm not even saying, I'll say this. I don't think the queens were acting like rough trade or anything like that. It's the way the scene no. was directed. Like, oh, look at these fucking hunks of men. And I'm like, mm, are they though? Are they? I mean, look, I thought they were attractive. Don't get me wrong. But no, no, I, no. Tell me they were very attractive, but they weren't like lumberjacks, you know, walking onto the thing. And proof in the pudding, this might be, and I'm going to tell you, at every family reunion slash picnic we have, like little girls and old people do a tug of war in my family. That said, this is the saddest tug of war that I've ever seen in my entire life. I was just I was watching this and I was like, if Joe if it was Joe and I versus the entire Dragula team, mm-hmm. we could literally just walk backwards and put and drag them into. Like, well, that but Lori, that's the thing. No, that, that's the thing I didn't so get. Sad. That's the thing I didn't get. Everyone knows in tug of war, you have an anchor, so the person who you tie the rope around their waist. Yeah, in the back. Yeah, in the back. They didn't have that. They didn't have that for either one of them. Yeah. Coco was supposed to be the anchor for, for yeah. the other team. And she, for some reason, was leaning so far forward yeah. that I was like, are, are you trying to lose? You needed someone to dig their heels in the ground so that the other people could pull them in. And yeah. there was no one doing that. And then they and then it was just like, it went, also, it went by so quickly. I think they were trying to stretch it out as much as they could. But it was like the other team just gave one big yank and they were all in that. Like goop. I think they just gave up. Yeah, yeah. They just gave they up. Like, I'm not gonna hurt my hands because tug of war can hurt your hands really bad. Even they had gloves. Oh yeah, just like your knuckles, they get sore. So, by the way, Hosa was completely useless. Like well, when they first tugged, she just flew away. A lot of them were. Yeah, a lot of Hosa, them were completely. Abora was, was completely useless. Hosa was completely useless. Yeah, I mean, yeah. really, it was just it was a battle for it was like Eva and. uh um melissa and Mm -hmm. coco and uh uh victoria and that was it those were who were battling and then everyone else was just sort of like "Ah." yeah Ah." all right Lori. on that note why don't we do this why don't we take a break and when we come back we're gonna dive right into the rest of the episode okay Renaissance Fair restaurant, the winning team debates which script to choose, but lands on quest, leaving the losing team with the more challenging cursed script. Script. Astrid gives a tutorial on Dungeons and Dragons before Eva, a trained thespian, leads the group in some acting warm-ups. Laurie Roggenkamp, um, your thoughts on this whole weird, long, like, um, it was bizarre, like, yeah, that I mean, it was like we could have taken all that out, and then we could have added some of their like rehearsal time or something. Yeah, like that to me, like the look, the bit where Astrid is talking a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, yes, that is yeah. comical, right? Yeah, but they did oh, it. Stop right now. In my notes, I have. We have to reiterate that Astrid is Lori. <laughs> that is literally you. 
All right, okay. fine. Go fair, ahead. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So they did it like three different times. They did yeah. that bit where they, they do yeah. it in the in the when she's talking about Dungeons and Dragons and then they do it when she's in her testimonial and then they do mm-hmm. it when she's at, at, in the final, the judging round. And so it's just like, you know, c- come on, guys. Like you're beating a dead bit to, to death. But there is something very mansplaining about Astrid. Yeah. But see, again, I think comedy would have come from where we would have laughed when we saw Astrid, you know, quote unquote, trying to boss direct the director. We mm-hmm. didn't get to see any of that. We just heard about it. Well, probably because they had cut. She was doing it in between takes. They didn't have a, they probably didn't have a, a crew on there. Or maybe they did. Who knows? I don't know. They make weird choices on this show. I agree with you. I would love to have seen it. Um, yeah. By the way, Eva's acting lecture was even more cringy, especially because Eva's not as good of an actress as she thinks she is. She's not a very good actress. Well, and also most of these, like the enunciation thing was fine, but most of these were like improv stuff, which doesn't yes. help you when you have a script. It's <laughs> like, a script, yeah. It's a, it's written words that you have to memorize. Yeah. That's not going to like, you know, mirroring each other doesn't, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It was just, yeah. I thought it was kind of dumb. But I also, Eva's so, like, I feel like she's so focused on, like, she judges everyone else. Like, you know, in in the tug of war, she kept telling me, she's like, I just want the other team to just enjoy themselves. I just want them Mm -hmm. to enjoy themselves. It's like, who, stop fucking concentrating on everyone else and concentrate on yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. By the way, uh, I'm sure we have drag queens that listen to this show who are going to want to join Dragula or they want to be on Drag Race. And I want to give you a piece of advice right now. Okay. Advice from Uncle Joe. Theo Joe. Thespian and lesbian jokes and how close they are to each other is not funny. And it's hacky. And don't do it. <laughs> Am I wrong, Lori? No, you're not wrong. I honestly... Like when, I. Yeah. Did you think that she did it as a joke because she legitimately was like, oh, well, I know I'll be... Th-. Or did you think it, she just genuinely doesn't know what thespian is? I think she genuinely... Because English is a second language for her, even though she speaks it very well. And that's a bizarre word. But it's such an obvious joke. And even like knowing... If you know anything about comedy, like, you know what? That joke is so... Like, for instance, I have a friend Mercedes, right? If I met another Mercedes that had never met a Mercedes before... I would know she's probably gotten that joke 7 million times and you're not the first one to do it. Okay. So I'm sure if I were host, I'd be like, oh, it sounds like lesbian, right? I'm sure 7 billion. In fact, the reason it was sort of got my goat this time on Drag Race UK this week, same thing. More fucking thespian and lesbian jokes. Guys, that is... Such basic sixth grade humor that's not funny. It is so hacky. I don't, I hate the joke. It is such a hacky, hacky joke. Sorry. I just legitimately like it now that it upsets you so much. Can we just, can we talk about, I know I'm going back, back a little bit. Can we just talk about how fucking long it took them to pick the script? Like they picked the quest script in the time that it, took us it's going to take us to do the podcast like they, <laughs> they were like eric was like 
what do you think? Uh, well, I would like to do the quest script and not the curse script, because even though I think the curse script seems like it's fun, I think that the quest script would be better for me. And Erica's like, oh, thank you, Victoria. What do you think? And he goes, well, I'd like to do the quest script because the right, I'm worried about not being able to say the words. And it's just like, why do we have to go to every person? And Erica's like, I personally agree with you. All right. So we're picking, we're officially picking the quest. And it's just like, move the fuck along. So here's my question to you. Is that their fault or the fault of the editors? I I think a little bit of both. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think they could have, as a team, just said, we're picking the quest script and then moved on. But I, I guess it is the fault of the editors. I mean, I think that the thing I'm frustrated with is that you know, when you watch this episode, you go, oh, okay, I guess they're using, they're just editing with what they have. But then mm-hmm. the next episode, they'll fl- throw flashbacks to this episode that we didn't get to see. And you're like, why don't you put that in the episode? Yeah. Why, don't you, why don't you take out the, the you know, 20 minutes of figuring out which script to take? Yeah. By the way, too, look, they have a lot. This is another day, second episode in a row where they spent a great deal amount of uh, 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 amount of time just fucking around with this acting thing and this stupid uh, 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 Astrid explained Dungeons and Dragons. Meanwhile, Victoria later doesn't know her lines. They should have been fucking rehearsing and running their lines. It's yes. boring television. So, but I just don't know why they do this. It's just very bizarre. Well, maybe because they think that this is more entertaining, which. Is not. It's not more entertaining. So, yeah. I'd rather see a longer... um, Well, you know, this is something... Because because of what I do and and watch the script, there's clearly like a predetermined show structure. So, I was going to say, I'd rather see a longer cauldron. And because there's a predetermined show structure, they have to fill time, but in these little modules. In other words, if they made a longer... um, What's the name of that? The cauldron. Well, then that means that everything has to start sooner. And that's not how they do it. The The floor show starts roughly halfway through the episode. So they have to have everything. You know, you're always going to have from minute one to minute 20 is going to be roughly this. Minute 20 to minute yeah. 40 is going to be roughly this. You know, And so they have these predetermined little act structures. And so they don't want to get out of it. Sorry, we're getting too in the weeds. All right, let me move on. Well, are are we going to talk about Melissa and... Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, okay. we are. If you're not listening okay. to memos. Okay. During rehearsal, both teams do a read-through and work on their characters. Melissa asks Abora to have a private kiki where she acknowledges Abora is being isolated and wants Abora to know she cares for her. Melissa explains that Abora's comments in the cauldron reminded her of high school homophobes. The two monsters bond over being sober, and Melissa gives advice on how to earn back the trust of the other competitors. Lori, do you have anything to say about that moment? Um, I I don't think that moment was uh, what you think it is. I think it legitimately was just for Melissa to have a moment. <laughs> like I think Melissa is like, I need to have a moment, and so I'm going to bring Abora in. And so she just well, was like, yeah. It's funny that you say that, because I was thinking the same thing. And I thought, and where if I were going to go for a moment, what I would have done is I would have tried to connect to Abora through through the whole, like, she was just broken up with, and the 
Hoso thing. However, I wouldn't be surprised if a producer was like, "Don't, we're done with that storyline." Did you notice it didn't come up at all this episode? No. Yeah, they were like, "We're, we're it, it didn't, it didn't track." <laughs> yeah, we're done with that. We're, <laughs> we're bored of it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so she, I think it was a little bit of a stretch. You mm-hmm. know, like it is like you saying you better. It reminded me of those kids who was like, "You better not come over here." Fat. And it's just like. I mean, that's horrible that that happened to her. Nobody's saying mm-hmm. it's not horrible, yeah. but that mm-hmm. in no way ties to what Abora did. Like, that is ridiculous. Um, Yeah, so I just felt bad for, I mean, a little bit bad for Abora. Also, you know, I, I mean, kudos to them for getting sober, mm-hmm. but I feel like sometimes people use sobriety as a way to, like, go like well you know i i mean abora did this in the beginning she's like i just recently you know stopped drinking and it's like that doesn't excuse your shitty behavior you yeah. know just because mm-hmm. just because you're now sober like that yeah that doesn't excuse it so i yeah. feel like they kind of were using that as like a crutch a little bit i don't mm-hmm. know i agree no i i 100 agree uh that's often something you th- but but i think important part of uh now i don't know i've never had to do recovery so I'm not going to talk out of my ass. I don't know what I'm talking about. But in my imagination, if I had to speculate, <laughs> I imagine dreams. in my dreams of a recovery, I'm imagining asking for forgiveness is a part of it. And part of forgiveness is recognizing your own role in the the things that you did and not and probably learning not to use your drunkenness as an excuse. I could be wrong. Now, yeah. when Melissa pulls Abora aside in the confessional, Abora says, I thought Melissa was going to beat the crap out of me. Really? On That's, camera, she's going to yes. pull you aside and then beat the crap out of you? And really, Abora? Also, and this is just a nitpicky thing, yeah. but can we also go to the, the part where like they're like she's like can i can i come talk to you and abor and they're like abor's like yeah and then it wasn't until that moment when they were like walking over that i realized that abora still has not fully put on her t-shirt buttoned up her shirt yet since the the uh rope the uh rope challenge like she took off her shirt and then kind of draped it over herself and then still had not buttoned it up and i was like put your goddamn t-shirt back on lori I wrote this in my notes. They're still wearing the same outfits from the beginning of the episode. Now, I don't know if they had them bring the same outfit and they drove them out there for like continuity's sake. But I'm like, are they, have they filmed all this in one fucking day? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, they must have. They, mu- they must have told them because they film it over the Renaissance thing over in like, over like in, uh, by the, where they do Coachella, like over. Where's, let me see oh, where the Renaissance. Oh, that's where it is. Yeah, let me think. I think it's where it is. Um, that's why it was so fucking hot. Uh, Renaissance. That makes sense. Uh, fair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh wait, what? Oh wait, no, it's right by me actually. What? Let me see. Yeah, let me see here. Let me see, look at images if it's the same place. Um, I think there's a good chance it's the same place. I didn't realize it was so. I thought it was. I'll have to do more research later. I'll have to do more research later. But um, but either way, um, it looks like we're very isolated. I don't think it's by here, but we'll see. We'll find out. Uh, but the point is that well, then that wouldn't have been that far. (laughs) But uh, they were wearing the same clothes from that day. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. 
Oh, I was just saying that I felt like, you know, I, di- I didn't realize until that moment that Abora hadn't fully buttoned up her shirt. She was dra- still draping it over herself. And I was like, you know, why don't you pop that back on, bud? Your body's not that banging. How did you feel about this scene? Did you feel it was contrived? Did you feel it was genuine? How did you feel about it? The Melissa thing? Yeah. I genuinely felt like she just, she, I mean, she should get a producer's credit. Yeah. She she was like, I want a moment, and this mm-hmm. is how I'm going to get moments, is I'm going to call people over and tell them something about myself, and then, that, you know, and, and loosely tie it back to them. Um, I do, so when they're, when they, after they've ended, uh, Melissa's talking, she goes, I may come across as a bitch or as a strong person. And I was like, I could analyze that sentence for years. I may come across as a bitch or a strong person. Yeah. I will say this though, mm-hmm. you know, English is not true. Her, English is her second language. So she could have meant something else. All right. Um, yeah. True. All right. Let's move on now. Um, back in the restaurant, the contestants finish up their looks on floor show day. Eva reminds everyone they are on Dragula Holy Ground, the site of Madeline Hatter's famed. Here's my favorite thing. I'm just going to stop this right here. I'm going to say this right now. Eva's like, everyone stop. I want to acknowledge that right over there, like she's in the fucking Universal Studios tram, is the... <laughs> Is the famous and legendary, that's the location, where Madeline Hatter said, and then she gets the quote wrong. She says, fuck the picture, Clint. I'm like, no, it's fuck the big picture, Clint. I thought she did say fuck the big picture. No, she she says fuck the picture. She says fuck the picture. I'm like, you don't even get the fucking quote right. Oh, well. Stupid bitch. All right. (laughs) She's not, she's not, she's starting to become more and more annoying as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember that was the case in season three where you're like, oh, this bitch is fierce. And then you start to get to, she gets more and more comfortable and you're like, oh, she's really annoying. Yeah. Yeah. She's very, she's just like, she's that girl that like in, I don't know if you ever had this friend in your friend group, Mm -hmm. but she's that girl who's like, constantly wanting other people to behave a certain way but then like she she gets to behave however she wants and also she she wants everyone else to just to cater to her yeah yeah she's more like eva obstruction i'm gonna come with different (laughs) names every week (laughs) (laughs) she's Um, a lesbian thespian so uh by the way astrid's also really (laughs) fucking annoying thespian i know astrid is really fucking annoying like She's annoying in a different way, you know? She's yeah, but like, remember, I thought she was hot. I thought she would hot. I would never hook up with this Astrid now. I would never. You couldn't pay me. What the fuck was I thinking? She is so fucking annoying. Thank you. She is very annoying. She's also, like, very thirsty. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I feel like once she got past the second episode, mm-hmm. she just became super thirsty for it. Yes. You know, like, she yes. just wants everyone to know how smart and what, which, you know, I mean, I get it. That's what happens when you're nervous and you, you know, you want to make a good impression. She just needs to take a, she needs to take a, a breath, you know? Yeah, 100%. Like, for example, 
I would have, you know, you keep talking about how possibly producers went into like somebody's ear and said something. I would have loved, if that's the case, I would have loved for a producer to go, this is not actually Dungeons and Dragons. You don't need to go into a whole long thing about it. Yeah. Like, we're not actually going to do a Dungeons and Dragons. Which would be really cool if they actually did, like everything was up to if, fate. Yeah. Yeah. If they did, that would be great. Like, yeah. it, you know, to each their own. But I mean, it's just like one of those things where she goes in this whole long thing and it's just like, okay. Well, the, you know what you could do is actually have the, the boulets, but they don't want to go in their, you know, whole thing now anymore. But like if they were, you know, that remember they stood there last time in season three, they stood in the top of that like gallows or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And they sort of like judge them. If they had like giant foam 12 sided die and they would like roll it and decide the fate of the characters. That'd be really cool. That would actually be, I would say, I don't know if maybe for an episode, because I feel like mm-hmm. Dungeon Dragon games go on long, mm-hmm. but I would legitimately watch like a dungeon, a Dungeons and Drag They have show, those like on a, like YouTube. Like a special episode or something. There's, I think yeah, that would be Yeah, they have fun. it on YouTube. They have it on YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah. Um. All right, Lori, uh, it's time for the floor show. Now, I want... You know, I want to clear something up. There was something that you were talking about last week. I really paid attention more when I listened back where you seem to be under the impression, okay, that um, I am somehow cheating and rigging the system. And I I think I you, you said you just learned that there is a Drag Race Podcast Federation, the DPR, the DRPF. It doesn't exist. And they, producer Zach Birch, every week for me, downloads the the grades. They give the looks. Okay? That's not true. Because it's always your opinion of the looks. No, Laurie, the one thing I will say, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll concede. But, Stop but trying I to translate me. I change this. If I get to see the opinions and you don't. Okay? And so... Maybe I I shape my opinion based on that. So this week I didn't look. This week I didn't look. Okay. Stop trying to fat light me, which okay. is what I'm calling guessing. <laughs> so so <laughs> this week I didn't look. So here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. Is we are going to um uh go through the looks, okay? And then when you, uh, then we will do the grades. We'll do the grades and we'll see how, how we do. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. Right. Sorry. I was muted. Yes. Okay. It makes sense. Okay. So why don't we go through the look? The first one is Erica clash. Do you want me to, I'll even let you, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So for Erica, I would say this is probably, uh, one of her better looks. Mm-hmm. But for overall, I would say that this look was pretty childish um, and not very well put together. So mm-hmm. I, I, I vote this look probably about a C. Mm-hmm. A C. All right. Now I, I want, cause I want you to think this is fair. I have not looked at the answer. Okay. We will look at the answer in the end. Okay. But I'm going to say right. um, it, it, it met the challenge. Okay, I'm going to say it met the challenge, but, you know, it wasn't her best look. It wasn't was the worst look. I'm going to give it a C. All right. So, Next, yeah, I wait. You dinged yeah. it, right? Well, we matched. Why did you ding it? We matched. We matched. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. But we matched because you you said... Lori, I gave you the choice. I said, I can go first or you can go first. We'll do it again. Abora, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? I'm going to give my own opinion. I'm not going to match yours just because you, you want would. me to. That's what I said. But it, But... Like, what I'm saying is, do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? You can go first. Okay, I'll go first. Because I'm going to show you that this is rigged. I'm going to show you. You, you, keep, right. you keep trying to fat light me, but it's not going to okay. happen. All right. Hashtag fat light. All right. Abora. Um, again, I'm looking at Abora's look right now. Yes, it has a vague Dungeons & Dragons look to it. It's safe. It's probably one of the best things she's done. But once again, it's like, I feel like she doesn't... It's almost like she's purposely not trying to do it, but I liked it. It was sort of what she did i am going to give it a d i didn't like this at all i thought the nose looked ridiculous um i it, i don't feel like it matched the challenge at all i don't when i saw it i didn't think oh that's it you know that's a dungeon dragons character uh so i give it a uh i give it a d just because you know she put makeup on so what nothing all right what you're saying now that you said d no i'm not saying that at all Lori. <laughs> but we matched it was you, great you did we didn't match you said b and i said d no, i said d you said b okay you know what <laughs> if you want to gaslight me if you want to fat light me in this game fine i'm not gonna go on this whole long spiel because uh-huh. y- you want to match Right. Lori, I don't know what you're talking. I think you're gaslighting me. I clearly said D, and you said D. We matched. Uh huh. Okay. And I'm sure you're gonna edit it to make it so that no, you did Lori, say D. You think I'm gonna spend time going <laughs> through and just editing that? <laughs> yes, I do. You have another thing coming to you. All right, Astrid, Astrid Aurelia. Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Um. I while I do feel like I, th- I I I agree with the judges. While I do feel like this met the challenge, um, I wasn't bowled over by it. I felt like it was just kind of like average drag. Like it didn't really, there wasn't anything remarkable about it. So mm-hmm. I give it a C. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it met the challenge. It looked fine. It did its thing. I'm gonna give it a C. I uh-huh. see what you're doing. What am I doing? I see what you're doing. You are mat- purposely matching with me. No, So Lori, that next episode, I... when you don't match with me, you can claim that you matched Lori, with me this episode. Lori, you can contact producer Zach Birch, and you can ask him about the Drag Race Podcast Federation. I'm okay? not going to contact him because he's paid by you, so of course he's going to agree to that. I have, you can even ask Zach, has Joe, has Joe contacted you and said to say anything I have not. I have never contacted Zach about this. I've never brought it up with Zach. You are welcome to 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 uh, ask him a question. And I will not contact him. Well, I want to speak to a member of the Drag Race Federation or whatever. I will set that up for next you... week. Who do, you, who do you want to talk to? Who do you want to talk to from the Drag Race Podcast Federation? The one who is in charge of the of these <laughs> these answers. That's okay, who next, I want to talk to. Next week, I'm going to have... I know who you're talking about. Next week, I'm going to have... That person, I won't say whether it's a man or a woman, that person's going to come on the air and and confirm the existence of the Drag Race Podcast Federation. All right. Great. Okay. I look forward to it. Next, we have Eva Obstruction. Uh, your thoughts here, Lori? 
Or do you want me to go first? Uh, you go first. All right. Um, I actually did not like this at all, but I did like it. I liked it. I thought it was fierce. The costumeless gray had a cartoony look. It was, uh, it really matched it. It was very average in a lot of ways. I could see how it met the challenge. And it was also horrible. It was horrible. I didn't like it at all. It was all those three things. Lori? <laughs> Such an asshole. <laughs> oh, I never gave my answer. My answer is C. <laughs> all right. I'm so tempted to give it an A just to see if you would how you would switch that. A. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um I I didn't like this. I felt like what was so confusing is I felt like the the thing that they were that Eva was decorating when she was in the workroom, I thought that was a helmet. And then when they went out and did the thing, I, I even told Sarah, I said, where's her helmet? And then it was, turns out it was like a shoulder pad or something. There's like a shoulder. So I was like, oh, that's a, that's her shoulder. And then she had this weird, like pippy long stocking wig on. And the, um, the outfit actually really reminded me a lot of the outfit from last week that they scolded her on. It was very like cartoonish and gray. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just felt. I didn't really, I thought she could have done so much better. Um, so, I, you know, I would say, again, I think she met the challenge, but I, w- I would say overall I would give it a C. That's what you would give it? Yes. Oh, okay. A C. All right, next. Hoso Teratoma. Ter- Hoso Teratoma. Why don't you go first on this one, Lori? I loved it. I loved it a lot. I thought it was great. I thought that, um, you know, it, it met the challenge. Oh, I wait, loved- hold on for a second on the last one. Sorry, keep going. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, because we quote-unquote matched. Mm -hmm. I thought that it met the challenge. I thought, I love the little intricacies that Hoso did. I really feel like Hoso is kind of coming into their own in this competition. I think Hoso Mm -hmm. is probably the front runner, in my opinion, now. Um, And, and yeah, I I give it an A. I loved, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to 100% agree with you, Lori. I think that... Shocker. Yeah, that she has a way of implementing her own culture and yet marrying it with uh, Western culture and still fitting the Boulay Brothers Challenge. She's just really firing on all cylinders. And for that reason, I'm going to give it an A. Okay. Oh, we match with the Federation again. Sure. Okay. Is there? I want, I want to know if there's ever going to be a time where we, we both agree, but we don't match with the Federation. That's what I want to know. That's a good point. I don't know. Okay. Who's up next? Um, all right. Up next, we have Coco Kane. Coco Kane, Laurie, your thoughts. So I, I'm torn because there are some aspects of this outfit that I like. Mm-hmm. Like I like the front part of it. I think that the, um, the outfit is, you know, there are some fun elements to it. I think it's just that I still feel like she's sort of doing the bare minimum. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like there was a moment where you saw the back of her heel and it was just like a regular heel, but then it was like, she had like wrapped, you know, the stuff around it, which mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that that's how they do it, but it just seemed to me, um, you know, a little, 
uh, I don't know, trashy. And Mm -hmm. so I give it a B. I don't feel like it was that. I don't think it was as good as everyone was saying it was. But, you know, I I mean, she did a, it did fit the challenge. And I felt like the weapon was, you know, big. And so, yeah, I give it a B. So I think this is the best Coco's ever looked. Okay. This is the best Coco's okay. ever looked. And uh, she fed, she met the challenge. The weapon was fucking sick. But it was a prop. I mean, this is not a prop competition. But on the other hand, I sort of feel like she doesn't ever break out of the mold. She's always going to be like a slutty whore, you know? And it's like uh, the other queens. And I will say I even think Coco deserved the win. But I will say the other queens aren't afraid to sort of break the mold and be other version, like not always the same brand. Does that make sense? But yet keep yeah. their brand. Uh, I really don't know how to explain, it, but I feel Coco's always going with the very same, very, very basic brand. But it is the best she's ever looked. And I actually think she's great in the challenge. So I'm going to get between like A for the A for the look. C for never breaking out of the mold that averages out to um, a B. So, Lori. Great. Awesome. All right. Next, we have Melissa B. Fierce. Your thoughts on Melissa B. Fierce? I I genuinely didn't like it. I mean, I know know that the, the judges liked it. But to me, it just didn't, it didn't feel barbarian to me. It mm-hmm. just felt like, I mean, the face paint was fun, but yeah, I, I just didn't, I just didn't like it. I'm mm-hmm. giving it a C just because I feel like it met the challenge, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I felt like there were so many other ways that she, it just, it seemed like she had a, a two piece from another thing and she wore that. That's mm-hmm. what it felt like. But you know, I mean, yeah. I'm not a fashionista, so. Yeah, not a fashionista either. I think um, that she, you know, she met the challenge. She looked really good, actually. But again, almost along the same lines of Coco, it's like, all right, well, you're always like some sort of, well, no, she isn't always some sort of hot chick. I don't know. Maybe I'm letting, what did you give it again, Lori? I gave it an A. Well, it wasn't an A for me, so I'll give it a C. Let's see what the Podcast Federation says. Damn it. I matched, but I guess you wouldn't have matched, Lloyd, because according to you, you gave it an A, but they didn't put a buzzer I, in there. I gave it a C. I told you I gave it an A to see what you would do, but you remembered that I gave it a C. No, no, I, I legitimately forgot. Anyway, all right, well, those are the looks. Lori, uh, it's movie premiere day here for Dungeons & Dragons 2 Into the Underdark. We're going to take it one movie at a time. In the quest scene, Melissa, Erica, Astrid, and Victoria wake up in a dungeon and try to find their way to safety. Melissa doesn't trust the others, so she kills Erica Clash. Later, Astrid and Victoria push Melissa into the monster's clutches and take off into the corridor. Your thoughts about the quest scene, the acting, everything going on in it, Lori, go ahead. Well, I for I thought it was kind of entertaining that, you know, Melissa was saying, Melissa was worried about not getting the words because she's like, English is my second language. Mm-hmm. And then she's the one who nails the words perfectly, every, yeah. you know, throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And these other jabronis are just like, you know, <laughs> they're just, they're, I mean, there's was like turd soup. They, mm-hmm. I mean, Melissa, God bless her, was acting her ass off 
Yeah. And Victoria looked like she was kidnapped. Yeah. Uh, Erica looked like she had a, a bomb, like a timed bomb up her butt. And if she didn't mm-hmm. say the right words, it would go off. I mean, she looked yeah. terrified and angry at the same time. Yeah. It was just like, why are you here? Yeah. And then... And then uh, Astrid looked like she was like you know desperately trying to, you know break 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 away and be like I'm the star. Yeah, you know it just wasn't. And then there was that really awkward moment at the end where you know Victoria and Astrid are leaving, and Vic- yeah. Astrid puts her hand on the thing and goes, "How can we know we can trust each other?" And she's like, "We can't." And then she like touches the inside of her butt. Yeah. And I was just like, ugh. It was really, it was very, very bizarre. First of all, I want to say, and I've been to a lot, we've been to, you and I, some high school musicals. This is some of the worst acting I've ever seen in my entire life. It was oh, like, I it mean, was a joke, the acting. You could, I mean, honestly, like, you could have gotten, like, rejects communi- from community theater and they would have done mm-hmm. a better job. Here's the other thing, too. And I say that Hoso knows how to do this really well, but... Melissa was doing a weird thing where, like, Melissa, look, and I, all power to her, English is a second language to her, right? So she has this, a, 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 a Spanish accent, okay? Yes. Fine, great. But what I would do is I would lean into that. They, of course, they had, you know, people with Spanish accents or whatever in fantasy. It could be whatever you want. But then she's doing some sort of, like, Spanish accent, but, like, trying to be British. So she's like... I don't know what the other one doing. And you're like, what is this weird accent she was doing? It's very, very strange. But she did do the best. I think she was trying to have like a fun character. I think it just got in the way. Hoso leaned into her Asian. She had like a a very strong Asian accent. That's what she she did in her character. Yeah. And then, and so did Deborah. And then, uh, and then we also, we had the, uh, well, what was so funny was for me, um, Victoria and, um, Astrid kind of acted like, especially Victoria, you know, when you struggle to remember your lines, I don't, this is just me, but when I would do sketches and you struggle to remember your lines, um, what sometimes what you would do is when you say line or when you have somebody give you a line, you just say it really fast and really loud. And then that way it just kind of like you get it through. So it just seemed to me like Victoria was just like line. They were like, you know, where are we? And she'd be like, where are we? (laughs) Just like trying to get it through. Just, yeah, because they don't put any. Yeah, it was, it was awful. Yeah. All right, the next one in the cursed scene. In the cursed scene, Hoso, Abora, Eva, and Coco are trapped in a room with a mysterious box, and all jockey to be the leader. Hoso opens the box, which releases a pink mist that jumbles everyone's speech. Abora calls for a truce, which Coco accepts. Before Coco turns on Hoso and kills her, breaking the curse speech. Um, Laura, your thoughts on this scene? So this scene could have gone terribly, yeah. I will say. And there mm-hmm. were moments where it was veering down that road. Mm-hmm. Abora's accent was getting slightly racist as time <laughs> would go on. <laughs> That's why I was saying that Abora was sticking yeah. to her traditional uh, Korean roots. Because mm-hmm. she was sort of, she started off Russian and then I felt like she started affecting like a Korean accent. Yeah. Towards the end. Um, and then... Coco just completely didn't even try and do like actual reversing. She just did like sounds. Mm-hmm. But I think that that because I honestly I feel like and this is why I feel like Coco deserved to win is that you know if it wasn't for Coco's sort of like comedic delivery when she killed um, Hoso, I don't think that they 
would have, I don't think the scene would have thrived as much as it did. Yeah. No, you're 100% right. Coco had the most believable delivery, which funny, the person with the worst delivery was the one who claimed to be an actress, uh, actress, Eva Destruction. Oh, yeah. She was, she the, was worst. the worst. She was the worst, right? Whereas Coco was felt very believable, actually brought her character, sort of her persona into it. It was a really, yeah. really good performance. I really, really liked it. All right. Later, we learn that uh, Eva got overwhelmed by the heat and stress and had to step aside to speak to her producer. Also, Coco's weapon was a little too realistic and cut Hoso during filming, but Hoso pushed through the scene. Your thoughts on everything that happened in that those outtakes, Lori? Um, yeah, I was kind of hoping for a Madeline Hatter moment with yeah. Eva. They were trying to make, and they I were just, trying to make it one. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt like kind of a lunch bag letdown. Like I was like, oh, she's just complaining a lot. Like it's just the, that was I it. I wouldn't even say complaining a lot. I'm sure. I think they filmed this during the summer. And if the area is where I think it is, that's a very hot area. And they were genuinely very hot. Notice the boulets weren't there. Um, yeah. And so the boulets were bitching on the first episode about how the costumes weren't comfortable. So, like, imagine being in the heat in those costumes under those lights. I'm sure she was like, I'm getting really hot. We need to take a break. And I think they tried to make it yeah. into a thing that wasn't really a thing. It definitely seemed like they record were recording during, like, break times. You yeah. Know? And so it's just sort of like if she wants to complain, she wants to complain. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they wanted um, another Madeline Hatter thing to happen. But it just, yeah, it didn't seem like it was going to. I and, do love, uh, though, when Eva was sort of melting down a little bit. And Abor was like, Eva, calm down. Just kind of put the... I'm like, not Eva being the voice of reason. I mean, not Abora being the voice of reason. Well, yeah. I mean, but that's the thing is, like, you know that if Abora had been doing that, Eva would have put her told put her aside and, like, don't pay attention to that shit. Just focus on yourself. Yeah, and then in the confession, um, I've been like, Abora, like, okay, we get it, girl. It's hot, but... Yeah. Please. I just don't I just don't think she's here for the right reasons. Yeah. If she keeps saying that like it She like, was pissing me off. Like, shut up, uh, you know, step your pussy up and deal with the fucking heat abora. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um so. I think that look, I think that it's fine that Hoso, you know, stuck it through mm -hmm. when she got scratched on the face. And mm -hmm. I will say that, you know, I've done that. I've gotten injured and performing and, and you, you just push through and stuff like that but i i feel like there's a narrative that like you just suck it up and you move on and i i feel like that and i know that they're not trying to insinuate that but i feel like it's a little hurt it might be a little hurtful for pe younger people to watch yeah. to be like oh well if you get cut on the face or if you get cut in the eye you just you just you know move on it's like no if you're injured you deal with your injury you know yeah. like I, I kind of get a little, like, as I get older, I get a little frustrated with that attitude of, like, you just deal with it. It's like, yeah. no, this, you're a human being. <laughs> if you're injured, deal with your injury. Yeah. Like, nothing's so important as your health. And so, us. you know, yes. All <laughs> right. Me just slammed six meatballs before this. Yeah. On the main stage, TV. Hoso, Eva, Abora, and Coco were named the winning team, and Coco was named the overall winner of the challenge. Meanwhile, Victoria Elizabeth Black and Erica Clash were placed in the bottom two. In the cauldron, Astrid gives Victoria a pep talk. Melissa reminds Erica that Erica will always be a titan. Later, Erica uses her last moments on the show to make up with Abora and asks anyone on the cast to lose the next fright feat. All right, Lori, your thoughts on the cauldron or anything you want to talk about here? Um, I mean, I think my favorite part was just how cocky Astrid was. 
Aster? That to me was... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That to, about, like, the fact that, like, she, for some reason, thought that the, the big win for her was that she made her own loot. Like, as if anybody gives a fuck about a freaking yeah. loot. And... And went on a whole spiel about how, you know, it's di- it's different than other loots. And mm-hmm. and then did the testimonial where she said, oh, yeah, I'm de- I was definitely in the top. I think the only reason why I didn't win was because my team didn't win. And yeah. so that's why I'm in the bottom. And I'm just like, oh, I can't wait for her to watch this back and yeah, just see how everyone thought, how ridiculous everyone thought she was. Yeah, but those people have no shame. By the yeah. way, like, remember how I said, like, everyone somehow knew that Abor was going home? You can tell everyone's yeah. like, Erica's going. <laughs> like, well, I will say that if it had been, you know, if it, I, there are a couple people that if it had been Erica and Abora or Erica and maybe even Astrid or mm-hmm. Erica and, and, you know, I could even see Eva at this point. Mm-hmm. I could see it, I could see where she might stay. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But Erica and Victoria, yeah, I mean, right. I on. think even Erica there's, knew. I mean, there's no way. Yeah. There's absolutely no way. Like, everyone was, yeah, nobody was like a Kendra Bohr situation, which is like, who's it going to be? Yeah. You know, it was like, it's de- it's uh, it's definitely going to be Erica. Um, this is, I also wrote down here that, oh, because Erica's like, tells a Bohr, like, you bitch, I want to be friends with you forever. I'm not going to let this get in the way. I'm like, literally the day before, you were like, fuck her. She, she's, she literally said a Bohr could fuck off before a Bohr walked in the room. Yes. Well, I think she said that about everybody at this it's point. True. Erica's... Erica came in angry for yeah. some reason. Yeah. She was like, she was like, you know, those like tiny little chihuahuas that are just like filled with rage. Mm-hmm. She came in like a tiny little chihuahua, was just like, you know, I'm gonna fuck everyone up. And it's just like, you know, she just bites everyone ankle, everyone's yeah. ankles. All right, on the main stage, Victoria and Erica are forced to climb the staircase of souls to the ghostly gallery. In the end, Erica is dropped into oblivion, leaving seven monsters in the competition. Laurie and Kate Rock and Camp, do you have any final thoughts in the episode? Any notes you didn't get to give? Any last final thoughts? No, I mean, I just... No, I'm just I mean, more... okay. <laughs> no, I don't have any. Let me go on now for five minutes. Let me tell you about loots, guys. Yeah. Let me explain loots to you. Um, I I just I'm re- I'm really finding an, uh, Eva very annoying. <laughs> like that's it. That's my final thought. All right, I just very, think she's very annoying. Very good. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of Hello Uglies. This episode was produced by Zach Birch. Be sure to join us next weekend every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of Dragula Titans. Season one. So for Lori and K. Rockencamp and myself. So long, Eglis. Thank you for listening to Hello Uglies. Have something to say? Email us at helloUglies at afterthought.media. You can also leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthought media for more lgbtq content support us on patreon at patreon.com slash afterthought media lori has another podcast it's called bloody podcast and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts you can follow lori rocking camp on instagram at lori you liar that's l-a-u-r-i the letter u l-i-a-r Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batanz, that's J-O-E-B-E-T, 
A-N-C-E. Hello Uglies is an Afterthought Media podcast. Thank you.